You know I love a high-low moment. From the heart of New York City. Morning, people. It's Morning People with Preston Conrad. Yep, into it. And it all starts right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Morning People. I'm Preston Conrad. I'm joined by a very special guest. I have, okay, I've got chef, TV host, producer, Elena Bessers in the house. What is up? Hi, Elena. Hi. This is a big moment for us. Honestly, I am honored that you asked me to be here because I just adore you and and us doing anything together just sparks joy. Me too. And first of all, I've never had a chef in the podcast stewed. Oh my goodness. Let alone a friend who's a chef. Guys, (gasps) Elena and I met, um, we both are part of the Amazon Live family. So we do on-air segments with Amazon Live and we met in this in the fake Amazon kitchen. Yes, we did. <laughs> but today we're going to talk about Elena's kind of rise to greatness and where you are now in your career, what you've got going on, and how the hell you're kind of disrupting this industry that's like ripe, no pun intended, for like newness, I feel. like Because I feel like your world is a world that needs more of yous. I love you for that. I appreciate you for that. But let's tell everybody, first of all, let's get the business out of the way. Okay. How does everyone find you on Instagram? Find me on Instagram at Elena Besser, E-L-E-N-A-B-E-S-S-E-R. That's how you're going to find Elena, and you're going to instantly fall in love because after we met in person at Amazon, you know, and I was very shameless about this, I told you I did a deep dive on you on Instagram, and I, I got you. dark on your channel. <laughs> I got I very dark. You were like, it, we got dark, Elena. It was dark. And I I'm just, like, no, I hope it was at least delicious. <laughs> it was really good. But tell everybody, it, what do you do? So I say you're a chef, but you're kind of like this new generation and you're a needle mover. And tell everybody, we'll get into how the hell you got here to New York and what mm-hmm. you're doing, but give everybody a taste of, um, I'm with the puns, the taste, <laughs> a taste of who you are. Okay, great. Um, so my name's Elena. I am a middle child. I'm one <laughs> of five. You That's are? important. Yeah, I'm one of five. That Four is girls, so many. one boy. The boy's the baby. Okay. Love him. Love them all. Yeah. Um, and I am essentially, yeah, a chef, TV host, and producer. So I've I've literally done every aspect of this industry from working in kitchens to producing video content to uh, hosting on Amazon with you. I'm currently on Food Network Kitchen, this new app launched by Food Network, which has been a dream. I have a weekly show Wednesdays, which are weeknight dinners with a restaurant twist, uh, which has been just the most fun being part of Food Network really took the leap and tried a new concept. And what's unique about it is that it's similar to Peloton where you can tune into live classes with your favorite Food Network stars plus noobs like myself. Okay. Hello, I'm a noob. You're a noober. But what's even cooler is that you can click shop groceries and it will take you to Amazon Fresh or Instacart and populate your whole shopping cart with the ingredients and send them to you so you can cook in real time and ask questions to your favorite chef. So while I'm on the app and if I'm making some sort of bolognese, Uh, I mm. could communicate with you live IRL? Yes, you could say, Elena, I'm making this right now and I feel like... How are you getting it in studio? Is it on a big screen while um, you're cooking or something? No, they actually have one of the producers 
calling out the questions. That's amazing. It's really fun. And it's just cool because it's in real time. I mean, you and I, something that we have in common is that we love live. We mm -hmm. like this podcast. You mentioned to me, you're like, honey, there's no editing. So just get ready. (laughs) Roll with it and go with it. You got it. I just feel like there's also this push to be less edited everywhere across every platform right now, which is why I think I like your stuff because it's very real. Thank you. But how did you always want to be a chef? No, I didn't. Um, I actually started out acting and always thought I would be an actor. Um, That tracks. Me too. Really? I mean, I wanted to be a million things, but I was always a performer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Always loved putting on shows from the time I could walk and talk with my family. Um, My family loved that I loved to perform. My dad was always like, Elena, sing a song. Elena, do a dance. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, dad, I'm here. I'm ready. Jazz hands, ready to rock. Always supportive. Always supportive. My dad, um, he was a lawyer. And then when he was 40, he was like, I absolutely hate this. I've always wanted to work in sports and entertainment. So he left his job and completely started a new company. And since then, really has been so supportive, both of my parents, of saying, listen, if you work really, really hard, if you think you can be one of the best at it, then go for your dreams, shoot for the stars, but just know that you're accountable for it. So having that level of support and and accountability in mind has really helped me just follow exactly what I want to do. Well, I also think what that little nugget, if you can be the best at it. Yeah. Because it's one of the, uh, of course, your parents will always support you, but they want you to excel. Exactly. Like if you're passionate about ballet, but you're just not going to be one like of the best. Like if I was like, mom, I'm a ballerina. <laughs> she, I, I would hope she would tell me in my crooked legs that I should not go into ballet. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean? completely, that's exactly how it is. And um, yeah, but like from a food standpoint, I didn't. I studied theater and film in college. Where did you go to school? I went to Northwestern. Oh. Yeah. So when I was four, I used to, I grew up in Chicago. When I was 14, I started um, doing entertainment news reporting for this uh, new online digital platform called CelebTV.com. I was their I teen like I host. Okay. And this was before any digital short form video content. So it was one of the first, but it was awesome because it gave me such great training to learn how to write scripts, be on camera, uh, figure out how to get rid of my heavy Chicago accent, <laughs> um, produce, read teleprompter do all of that. And I did it for over seven years and throughout my whole entire college experience. So it wasn't until my sophomore year that I I got really into cooking and uh, was baking up a storm every break. In the the dorm, I was making stuff. I would go home for different holiday breaks. And all I would do is just be in the kitchen. There was one time where I made like 15 different types of cookies. And my mom walked in and was like, what What have you done? Have you done? (laughs) There's flour everywhere. (laughs) But I shipped them all to my friends and family. They loved them. Um, But yeah, I I eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what? What if I combined my love of food and my on-camera expertise into one entity and just kind of went with it. At the time, this publication started on campus called Spoon University. It was a print magazine. And I was like, oh, what if I create my own show called Elena Eats Evanston? And it was the exact format as Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Um, but I produced it, had some friends help uh, film and edit it. And yeah, I just fell in love with that side of it. And ultimately, 
I moved out to New York to run the video department at Spoon when they decided to launch it at tons of different college campuses. That's when you moved to New York. Got That's it. when I, mo- I moved to New York 10 days after graduation. So I launched the video department. I was the same. I think I was like really? five days. I had to be in New York for a job. Like, yes. And I was like, holy shit, I guess here we go. Mm-hmm, right? Exactly. So my senior year, the founders called me and they were like, Elena, we're trying to do this full time. We're in New York and we're realizing video is an essential component to be successful in this company. Um, but we don't know a ton about it and we know you do. Would you be interested in starting the video department? And I was like, yes, that would be sick. Yeah. A job in New York. <laughs> Both two of my, my two older up. sisters are there. My boyfriend's there. Like, yes, I am going. And if this doesn't work out, I'll just go back into acting. But Ultimately, through learning all of that and producing tons of content, and I can get into the nitty gritty of that later, why I decided to go into food was because my biggest frustration with acting was it really is all dependent upon someone picking you. Someone else. And yes, someone yeah. else saying, you know what? You're good enough for this. And a lot of people have every single component of what it takes, but they're just not picked. That's and I so valid. Yes. There's a luck component. Completely. That not a lot of people address. Exactly. People are like, I got, I've been working my ass. I went to the actor's studio. I was here and here. Let's break it down. You got very lucky. There was a lot of blonde girls in the room at the time. If you were, you know, it, it, it's a matter of luck to a degree. Completely. But you decided to take ownership. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm not going to wait around for someone to pick me. And And ultimately, the reason why I decided to – why I love food so much and why I decided to pursue it instead of acting is because the reason why I loved acting was because I loved making people feel something. Mm -hmm. And how cool with food is – in acting, you're engaging senses, sight, sound – Sometimes touch, depending on the experience. But with food, it's sight, it's sound, it's taste. It is so emotion. s- emotional and sensory engaging that for me, I was like, you know what? Let's just do this. Well, you also were like, I feel like people are just hitting the point now where they're realizing uh, about niches and lanes, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I meet people every day on Instagram who are like, I want to be on TV. I want to host TV stuff like you do. I'm like, well, I don't just, I'm not like a random TV host. I talk about style and fashion. Yes. So I have a lane that I stay in, exactly. right? Or or um, I've built my career based on my, ex- or built my career as a social person or um, on TV based on my experience. So exactly. you started building something in a lane that you could then say like, hey, here's the proof in the pudding. Like I've done A, B, and C. I'm not just a blank Completely. Like, I think a lane is important. Completely. Because once you have a lane, then you're able to really hone in on the, on finding expertise within your craft. And at the end of the day, I'm not someone similar to you where I'm like, oh, I just wanted to host and I love food. So here I am. Right. I've done all of the work, mm-hmm. both behind the camera in the training for in front of camera and from a culinary standpoint. Because you're trained. Well. Like you went to like yes. chef. What is this? Chef school? Is that chef right? Chef school. I went to culinary school. Yes. Culinary so, school. That's what I was looking for. And a lot of people in the industry, some people think culinary school is BS and not necessary. For me, it's what I needed to really get into this career. Um, and luckily, I had parents that were super supportive, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, I mean, I – so I'm – Start, we launched a video department at Spoon University in January of 2015. By the way, Tasty launched in July of 2015. So we were doing hands and pans videos before then. Well, I have Tasty on my list here. Oh, you do? Because I have thoughts about 
what it means to your world. Yes. I just feel like, and this is why, and maybe why I gravitate towards your, your vibe. I feel like, and I said this in the open, you are like in this, you're, you're disrupting an industry to me that's like ripe for newness, right? Cause I I've agree. seen since I was a kid, the same five straight white men or whatever on TV cooking me things. Yep. Right. And, and that's why when Tasty came out before I met you, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh, I can engage with this content because yes. I know spaghetti and I have a hand in a pot. Yes. So like, and I like cute jingles. Yes. So love I'm like, a jingle. So it made me, con- and then I'm like, wait, then I met the real version of Tasty in the flesh, which was you. And it's just part of this like revolution. And don't you feel like you're, there's like something going on in your world right now? Like there's a newness factor. Completely. I mean, the first big explosion of the food video world were those hands and pans videos. And I was top really down. top down hands cooking something fun jingle, like you mentioned. Um, and it was so fun to be part of the beginning of that movement because yeah. everyone was just starting to figure it out, starting to explore what food and video meant together in one entity and specifically short form for digital. So my job at Spoon was to build out a system where I recruited students, trained them to produce and edit video. I was also responsible for all of the recipes. So I came up with like 200 recipes a month, managed a team of 50 students, produced 60 videos a month. So we released two new videos a day. And it was nuts, but we grew our following to one month we hit at our peak 100 million monthly video (laughs) views. And we were just – it was addicting. I mean that's like slayage. Oh, it was the most fun. I felt I was sleeping zero percent, and I felt so alive. <laughs> you're because you're high on you're the high, work. You are high on the work. Hustlers you're, get high on work. Completely, yeah. I love that. Put it on my tombstone. Totally. Um, and yeah, it was so fun. But at the same time, this is the media world, so things they plateau. They don't stay consistently growing forever and you got to change it up and we got to a point where we weren't growing anymore and I wasn't learning anything and we kept it felt like we were just a hamster on a wheel trying to succeed by doing the same thing and nothing happened and my biggest frustration was that I'd have these ideas for recipes that I knew would go viral but I had no idea how to do them because I wasn't trained. So it ultimately led to me saying, you know what? If I'm going to do this. You weren't trained at this point. No. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. So like, go. I want to have all the cred, all the personality, all the work experience. Like give me the bullets and I will have them. All of it. Yeah. Exactly. And that really is the key at the end of the day for someone believing in you and trusting you to work yep. on a project with you. Um, you need to know your shit. And so I decided – I'm going to leave this job. We left on great terms and I went to culinary school full time, did their six month program. And part of your um, degree is that you need to work in a professional setting. So at the time, it really weirdly worked out. But Missy Robbins, the executive chef of Lilia, who I knew because she was executive chef of this restaurant called Spiaggia in Chicago. And she was one of 10 Michelin rated women. And I really wanted to work for a female chef. She was looking for an intern at the time. And I, at the time, lived two blocks away from the restaurant. And it just couldn't have been more perfect. Were you like, at any point, were you like, wait a minute, I'm inside, I am like an actress. And now I'm going to have to work in a kitchen. Like, like, was there any, like, knowing that the end trajectory is that personal brand Elena would be born from food? Of course. Were you like, 
was there any humility like or were you like this is just what i got i'm a hustler i gotta do it honestly i really thought that part of my degree would be that i would work in like a test kitchen i was like oh i'll probably work at food 52 or bone app like that'd <laughs> right. be so sick and my advisor changed my life yeah truthfully um she's the shit and she said to me she goes what do you want to do yeah and I was very honest with her. I said, you know, I would love to be the next Rachel Ray yeah. or Martha Stewart for my generation. And she looked at me and she said, okay, this is going to sound cheesy, but I'm going to quote Bobby Flay the fir- in the first graduating class of our school, who now I've worked with and he's fantastic. Um, she goes, he said, if you want anyone to take you seriously in this industry, you need to work in a restaurant. Yeah. So I'm going to make you work in a restaurant. And I looked at her and all of a sudden my world flipped upside down. And I thought, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm going to work in a restaurant. You're right. You only live once. Let's go. And little did I know what I was getting myself into because, (laughs) oh man, oh man, on top of everyone being like, who are you? You do not look like someone that works in a restaurant, which first of all, rude, like don't typecast me. (laughs) But- Second of all, kind of feel you. Um, I just went in there, put my head down, learned as much as I could. And let me tell you, it was extremely difficult. It was not glamorous. But I, at that point, fell so in love with the process of food, the camaraderie, the energy. I was pretty much part of the, like when Lilia, the restaurant I cooked at, was really hitting the ground running. They just got their three-star New York Times review. It was the hottest ticket. And to this day, still is really hard to get into. It was such a unique, unbelievable energy and experience to be part of. Cooking for Gordon Ramsay and cooking for Francis Malman, all of these iconic individuals. And on top of that, being in an open kitchen, it was nuts. Took a couple years off my life, but I loved but how, it. How invaluable now, like like if I hadn't been in the trenches in corporate fashion at Ralph Lauren, See? tying people's shoes on the side of a cliff and having models literally physically step on my fingers with their – and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Completely. But now when I'm on NBC saying – well, from my time, in fact, like looking back, it only served me. 100%. And my experience there is I think every single person, and I'm going to make my ch- unborn children <laughs> work in the service industry 1, because it humanizes you in a way where every single day you are working with individuals that come from vastly diverse socioeconomic classes. And you are all working together under one roof to create one vision that happens one night for people to make them happy. And there is nothing like it. It is such great training ground. It forced me to be really to do multiple things at once, to work quickly, and to be really meticulous and organized and clean. And I, the training that I got cooking in that kitchen, and I mean, there were days where my um, chef would come up to me and go, the dishwasher didn't show up today, so you're in the dish pit tonight. You're like, here I go. Sleeve. I'm like, let's go. Sleeves All up. right, sleeves up. Come on, 100 and something degrees in the dish pit. Not enough pasta bowls because we're so busy. So I'm, like I'm literally washing. Dish, the commercial yeah, but dish it's sprayers. honestly kind of fun. Like the dishwasher <laughs> like, is like the fun. most important job in the kitchen. So being able to really work in every component and see what it takes, um, the real human work where you are – Nowadays, it's everything so digital. We're looking at screens all day. And I, when I was working at Spoon, I'd come home from work and my eyes would hurt because I was just like in a screen all right. day sitting at a desk. And 
in restaurants, you are on your feet. You are working with your hands. You're engaging. It is such real human work. uh, And the best part is once service is done, the day is done. Yeah. You go to bed, you wake up, and it's a new day. There are no deadlines. There's no no more emails in the middle of the night. It's it's like an old school mentality. But I want to talk about, we're going to take a quick break. When you come back, I want to talk about how that served you now and brought you back into video because the one thing I was obsessed with when I met you is what you're doing with video as a personal brand because I think it's moving the needle and we're going to talk about I'm going to eat this what is this again oh it's my um, banana bread specifically my Aunt Mary's banana bread so Um, she has this epic recipe and I hope you like it well blessed be Aunt Mary I'm going to get into this during the commercial but we'll be back with Elena Besser after this quick break Okay, guys, I am going to let you in on a little secret on how I launched my podcast. It is all about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform packed with creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for free so it can be heard on all your favorite platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to many, many more. Guys, you can also make money right from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we are back. I'm really dark on your your aunt's banana bread. Isn't it nuts? It's not even true. It's like that heavy, wet. I'm going to eat one more piece before we start out talking. Can we out. say, should we just say moist over and over again and About, upset everyone? I was trying to triggering. say heavy and wet and replacing the word moist. But Sorry, I said it's it. It's so good. Her recipe is nuts. And the best part is... There, first of all, there are no nuts because, in my opinion, nuts do not belong in banana bread. Mm-mm, and that's what it is. There's no actual nuts. Yes, and this whole thing um, is made in a food processor, so it's a little dumpy, dumpy, pressy, pressy, <laughs> swirly, swirly, bakey, bakey. Dump. I think that's the first time anyone's ever said dumpy, dumpy on my podcast, and I fucking <laughs> love it. Okay, before we left, I want to get into eventually what the big stuff that you have going on right now because you've just yes, launched a big project. But I have. Tell me about your social handles and your kind of brand you've built for yourself because what first grabbed my attention was your use of video. I know you have a lot of background in it, but what you do with video, what you do with color, typography, and what social media means to your brand now. So you've gotten through the culinary school, you worked at the restaurant, you got to New York, you have all the background, you built this brand and you've launched it now. Yes. So how does it mean, what does it mean to you to be out in the interwebs as you? Of course. So what it means to me is at the end of the day, our generation, we really love to eat. We love take picture, taking pictures of food, love talking about food, blah, blah, blah. Like you got luck, like Instagram, like is a major for, for like, not that you didn't get lucky, but I'm saying what a point culturally that Completely. food and photography of people's food and like, Name when I was growing up in the eighties, you didn't want to know what fucking people were eating. Completely, you didn't want to know. And oh, now yeah. I dine to know. Yes, my cousin he puts it <laughs> so well. Every time we eat, he all. I was in Italy with him this summer, and I'd always take a picture of the food that I either cooked or ate. And he, he goes, <laughs> his name's Peter. Peter's the son of Aunt Mary's banana bread. Yeah. He goes, the phone eats first. And it's my favorite thing ever. Today, we are living in a generation where the phone eats first. So and TM Peter on that. It's a, thank you, Peter. But it's so valid. And obviously, it's working out in your benefit. Yes. But tell us what your life is like on social. Yeah. Well, um, for me in general, the work that I do and my philosophy as a chef is that 
our generation, like I said, loves everything about food. But when it comes to actually making it themselves, they're freaked out. Yeah, uh, They don't know what to do. They think they're going to mess it up. And even members of my family and my closest friends are so freaked out about everything because we're so used to getting such instant information that when – that we don't we're we have so many things to stop us from messing up. And at the end of the day, humans mess up and when you are cooking the only way to get better is to fail and fail fast mm-hmm. because you're engaging your senses and you say, "Oh, is that too hot? Is that burning? Maybe I should turn the oven down. Maybe I should do this." Uh so for me with my social and everything that I do, I really just want to showcase to people that you don't need to be stressed to eat to cook. All you got to do is just not take yourself too seriously. Because at the end of the day, we're all a hot mess just trying to figure it out. And I'm here to be your pal along the way. So I Is that where Bester's Bester's Basics was born? Because I'm obsessed. Um, Elena has a – is it IGTV or YouTube? It's both. It's both. Uh, A series called Bester's Basics, edited and shot beautifully, I must say. But it's like fundamentals almost? Yes. It's basically showing you the fundamental kitchen techniques to help unleash your inner badass in the kitchen. Well, it takes away that fear factor. Completely. Because at the end of the day, if if you don't know the technique, and you don't know the tools, which really aren't that hard, then how the hell are you supposed to know what the what the heck to do? So I basically break down, and we have a lot more videos coming out, actually. Um, I break, We started out with eggs, because everyone should know every way to cook an egg. We went into cooking methods like saute- what's the difference between blanching, sautéing, roasting, steaming. And now we're going into some even more fun stuff. We have a whole series on salad, ha- components of a salad, different lettuce, how to make your salad dressing not suck. Um all everything about herbs that you need to know fresh versus dried how to clean them how to store them and then we're also going through my seven favorite kitchen tools and you shoot these in your home i shoot them in my apartment um with my team we uh write out the scripts we do a ton of research behind it and then film b-roll stand-ups the whole thing what is that so i have toyed with the idea and i know i've asked you about it Mm -hmm of putting out more video and people are like, you do TV. Why don't you do more video? I'm like, oh, your guess is as good as mine, but there's so much work. It's, it's such so a heavy work. lift. It's a lot. It's like, what does that, what is your audience? How do they respond to it? Um, does it get you television work? Does it enhance your life in other mm-hmm, ways? Mm-hmm. Like tell me the benefits of the heavy output you're putting out. Yes. The benefits of it are brand building and yes, it has gotten me other work. Yeah. Um, I booked Amazon because they found my YouTube channel. Got it. Uh, the, how many followers do you have on YouTube? I have one, I'm literally none. My, I, have, I have like, no, I have like I'm literally 1.65 K I think got like, it. but I started this summer before I really got serious about consistently launching my stuff because it's all about consistency. I had like, 150 subscribers and I've already grown to 1.6 and a lot of people have done a lot of work behind what the necessary visuals and thumbnails and all of that should be tags blah 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 Um, but it is really frustrating to work so hard on a video and then only get like 200 views doesn't that send you into a dark place mentally like I'll do like we know on sponsored posts don't do as well anymore right but like I'll do a really cute one and I'm like this not fucking sponsored yes I think I look banging i think my hair looks on it's unreal and then i put it out and i'm like fuck that it's trash and it's so frustrating i mean overall in general my biggest frustration with as great as instagram is and media and social media and blah 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 when my parents first when i was first approaching this career my parents always said to me 
work harder than everyone else and be one of the best Mm -hmm. and network a ton and it will work out for you. And while there is a lot of truth in that, at the end of the day, social media has completely changed things where unfortunately, because I'm not I have 15 point, just hit 15.9 thousand followers on Instagram and 1.6 on YouTube. Let's break it down. That's a big accomplishment. It's a big, and thank you for saying that, but it has held me back in a lot of ways. And it's this weird thing where I need social media and it's amazing because it's given me some sponsored stuff. It's given me a platform to really show people who I am and what I stand for. But at the same time, every single time people meet me, they go, wow, you are the full package. You've got the training, you've got the personality, you got the look, the whole thing, but why don't more people know about you? And I say, I, I agree. Good point. That's <laughs> why I'm here. Profile. Please. <laughs> to spread the word, right. please help me. But nowadays, people are lazy. They don't want to help. And it's also a different era to grow on Instagram than it ever was before. The platform is the most crowded it's ever been. One over a billion. There's a shitload of noise. There's a lot of people that do exactly what I do and exactly what you do. Have you found that um, staying engaged with your like vibrant community that you do have is outweighing the follower count? Like I, like I'll, I'll get like, just like, I'm like, pissed off because i'm like well fuck it at least they're engaged they talk to me they they send me these notes they they but like i wish it was high same boat as you does that make you feel better about it or do you still wish the number was higher uh it's a combo i would say kind of yes because there are a few people that really have uh been like the other day i went to an event for this great company called Pineapple Collaborative, the founders, Ariel and Atara. It's basically a, a collective, sell, a media company that celebrates women and food, and it's inclusive of all sh- women, all shapes and sizes, no followers, hundreds of thousands, the whole thing, chefs, restaurateurs, blah, blah, blah. And in that one room, there were individuals that were restaurateurs that I admire, that I love. It was for the launch of their olive oil and apple cider vinegar, which you must try. It's amazing. Oh. Um but in that room was also someone that came up to me who I'd never met before who was like, hi, Elena, introduce yourself. I've been following you forever. I love everything you're doing. Like, thank you for being such an inspiration to me. Now I actually am doing food styling and I want to leave my job so that I can p- pursue this full time. And those are the moments where – and sometimes after Food Network, I'll get people that will because I have a little um, – you can write like an email to me. Email. Yeah, okay. like – Email me um, if you have any questions. And sometimes I'll get really nice fan mail that's like, I love everything you're doing. Thank you for this. Blah, blah, blah. You've inspired me. And those are the moments that really do keep me going. And all in all, even though I don't necessarily have the biggest audience that I could have, you're also still building, so I'm you have to building, you have to remember and that's, that. And I'm it's an hard. Aries woman, yeah. and I am a stubborn girl woman. Yeah. No, I'm not a girl. I'm a You're woman. A woman. <laughs> and I really, because I've been doing this since I was 14, I want to shake people and say, "I'm ready. Give me the platform. I'm here. I will go 100. percent It will be amazing." But I also need to calm the f down. You do have to calm the f down because I was this exact same way and there's a million other people that have 
three hundred thousand followers who are do the who are white gay men like me who do the same shit I do that offer something different. But you know, you compare yourself every fucking every second. Day. But I also have a secret feeling. Tell me. I feel, and this is I'm just putting it out into the universe under the vision board for 2020. I feel that the way your energy is is that what's going to happen is is you're just going to get plucked. Thank you. Onto a, it's it's going to be a a weird fast thing you sweet in my psychic abilities no but it's like oh shit all of a sudden she's the new um on today digital series that's elena like you know like some random thing like that so i think because of the quality of the output you're putting out do you still see likes by the way uh i do Oh, you do. So I that's do. another thing that's fucking with your head. I don't see them anymore, so oh, I don't care. That's so like gorgeous. I it did. It what was like it was like taking them off, yeah. like the handcuffs. I was like, oh my god, I don't give a shit anymore. It's me in a pool. It's yeah. me in like, and I just put it out. But I think if you keep your output high, and the the stuff is educational. I mean, I'm an old man. And I learn from you. And you're in like a ruffly blouse and you're young and cool and amazing. Thank you know you. what I mean? I adore you. What are your biggest challenges, speaking of, in your industry? Maybe it's social. Maybe it's not. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced getting to your point in your career you're in now? Oh, completely. I would love to. Sh- I would love to share that. Um, my, I would say honestly, like going off of the audience thing that we were talking about, my biggest challenge has been that not enough people know who I am. Um, I've been in the room as an option for people a lot of the time, but. N- because I don't have the number associated to it, people are like, "No, we're not going to do this." Can you believe that happens? Like, I believe. I mean, yes, honey. Because, because let me tell you, us. it's happened isn't a it, bajillion times. I'm going to keep eating please, um, in your aunt's bread. Please. But isn't it um, okay? So you think that that's probably it's because I'm. I see what you're saying. You're like, I've built it, right? I've built it. My brand is tied up in a really cute bow. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in the room and they're not picking me because someone else has a higher number. Exactly. And that is really where it's at right now. So my big 2020 goal, honestly, is trying to figure out ways that I can be really smart about letting people know that I'm here and what I stand for. And I would argue, too, that... Own the narrative. Yeah. I would say for you in particular, knowing your energy as a human, because I know you personally where I think you have a lot of room to stand out, and I love we're just having like a life advice chat right now, is that, is your personality. Like when I was at that Instagram summit, Mm -hmm. like the big take, and everyone in the room, I was shocked they let me in. Everyone in the room had a million followers. No, I seriously was texting my manager. I was like, I think I'm going to get pulled out. I'm going to get removed from this room. Don't you dare. They were like, if Instagram used to be where you share your content, it's now where you share your you. You're right. And your personality. You're right. And I think you can own that till the fucking cows come home because no one has that. Thank you. I love you for that. And I will be honest that um, on a, I mean, we all have moments of self-doubt, of course. And part of what I'm really trying, I love just to lick them (laughs) off. That's the best part. Mm -hmm. Part of what I am trying to focus on is really just stop. I, because of the media industry and because it's constantly changing, I, worry so much about what the next thing's going to be. And I really need to, I'm trying to be super conscientious about living in the now and enjoying the moment because truthfully with social media and with the, the amount of time that it takes for it requires in order to grow. It's such a time suck. Sometimes I'll go through moments where I'm just like, you know what? I can't do this <laughs> and i just don't hands in the air, hands in the air done <laughs> yeah. i'm never using my phone ever again Me too. and it's a personal stress point where i'm like i 
don't want to share my life with people. I I just want to live by myself. Like I've got the amount 100. of story. To, I've really need to break this because <laughs> I will have moments where I am now. And this is probably the first time I've actually admitted this the past six months. I will capture content story content. Yeah. For whatever experience I'm doing, yeah. I will, instead of posting it right away, save the video <laughs> because I want to make sure that it's curated beautifully later on and say, I'm going to do it later. And then I never post it ever, ever. <laughs> Declined. Declined. I, Canceled. telling you right now, fuck that. You're crazy. So the one thing I said, no, and not in a bad way, but this is what one thing they also reminded. I am crazy. No, That's crazy Everyone, everyone in right. the room at Instagram got the same feedback girls a million two million three million followers asking questions saying you know i plot out my stories i do whatever and ava chen was like you guys are crazy stories are disposable garbage that go away in a day put shit out you're right stop let the feed be the magazine you're and right. let the other part be like the ruffle like the us weekly like the garbage like that's what it is I completely and for agree. your personality being so different than other people in your space that's why when you tagged me on the way here or whatever, I was like, it refreshed my memory. Like, I, I don't see you that often talking in stories and seeing your and face. And I need to be better about it. You're not wrong. Just I think that you should own it more because it's very you. special. Thank you. You're very sweet. And yeah, I need to own that for sure. But you're not the because, only one who does that, by the way. And part Everyone of it too, that. especially because we are kind of in that like millennial hyper curated vibe and you and I are, we really appreciate aesthetic. <laughs> and <laughs> for me, I struggle with posting photos that are just from my phone camera even though i have the iphone 11 x we have like the nine million dollar one right yeah all of the things and i want everything to be really highly styled and beautifully curated put a sticker up and say what do you want this is the stuff that i need to do but another big component you have a built-in polling system you're right say hey bitches um guess what hello do you want iphone or DSLR. Do you yeah. want one minute videos or three minute videos? You're right. Just I should ask. Them. A- I should ask. You're, you make such a good point. And also, too, I um, another thing I think that I'm was a very big epiphany the other day. Just as an aside for stories, is I think now there's so much content on Instagram that the only way to really stand out in stories is to write like even a summary of what you're talking about or get subtitles in some capacity. Because if not, people aren't going to give a shit. The view. You are 100% right. The views on my my slides with text, much higher than without. Because yeah. guess what? People don't really care what you're saying. They don't give they a don't shit. They don't really give a fake. They're on the subway and they're like, clack, 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 clack. Before right. we run out of time, I need sorry. to know. No, it's not. You're sorry. You and I could have a 90-minute podcast episode. <laughs> Tell me about this exciting new venture that you launched. Yes. The lineup. Uh, I Is would it the love lineup? to. Uh, yes, it's called The Lineup. Um, so this project has been something that I've been working on for over a year now um, with my producing partners, the Brothers Bowie. They're, They're great. They're so good. They're just my BFFs. We're a little trio of, of great times. Um, we my Through my time cooking in kitchens, my biggest frustration was um, 
a lot of the time, the people that I I was learning a ton from Chef Missy, like she is such a badass and taught me so much. But I was also learning a ton from all of the cooks that I was cooking with every single day. And the lifestyle is nuts. You uh, don't make a ton of money. You work crazy hours. I worked 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday. My day off was Friday, Saturday. I opened for the bakery at 4 a.m. And that shift was Saturday, Sunday, 4 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I did Jeez. that for over a year. <laughs> And it's nuts. And, um, but you love it. But like, you love people it. People that and do that love it. They love it. But at the same time, it, because of how taxing it is mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, there are bad habits that are easily mm-hmm. formed. Um, because when you're done with like all the hot things, working really fast during service, you're energized, but it's 1 30 or 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and you're like, I can't go to bed. Okay, I'll go to a bar and I'll yeah. drink. Uh, a lot of unhealthy habits can form. And and a lot of the time, these individuals don't really get the chance to showcase their own culinary perspective because when you cook in a kitchen, you're, you are executing the vision of the executive chef. So part of what happened was I was like, you know what? What if we launched a dinner series where we gave the best cooks working the line in the top restaurants in New York an opportunity to be executive chef for the night and supported them through this and created, helped them through making a menu, through doing wine pairings. Because that's their goal. Uh, that's their goal. They in, would in, love a platform, but a lot of the time they don't get a chance to do so. And let's support the next great chefs in New York by giving them an opportunity to have a night where they can showcase who they are, what they stand for, what they do, and get a little bit of media coverage around it. So I am really, really pumped. Uh, It's been so fun to get to know these chefs to with our first chef. His name's Matt Migliori. Um, he was the opening CDC at Llama Inn, this epic Peruvian restaurant, and now he's a sous chef at Morimoto. Wow. We've been working together on the menu, on the tasting, the vibe. Um, and it's just so fun to get back together with these chefs and really talk to them. And on top of that, there's going to be a video component. And we want to give them a platform to talk about what life is like cooking in kitchens and how they've learned a ton. But also sometimes there's some shit that happens mm-hmm. and give them – the support from both a therapeutic level and a media content, video, photo experience level. And for me, I'm just so So this excited. is your full idea. You came up with it. Yeah. You are branding it. Yeah. You are picking the chefs. Yes. You are now well, it has its own Instagram account. Yes, the How lineup. Can people find it? So you can find it by going to the lineup dinner. Give us a follow. Make sure that you sign up for our newsletter, too. I think I um, signed up. If I didn't, I'm going to do it right so now. So you'll put your oh, name, your email, and if you have any allergies or dietary restrictions, and you will be one of the first to find out when the tickets drop and the launches are if you're on our mailing list. How pretty um, your Instagram looks It's already. gorge, and it's all through my business partners. They are the best. We worked really hard on building out this vision. The goal was to really bring back of house to front of house, break that wall between the two um, and really show people what it what it's like being and you'll in have the kitchen. Editors, bloggers, influencers, um, writers, uh, media, all at the dinner. Yes. And rotating. Yes. And each dinner is going to be 20 people. Um, How to intimate. start very intimate, really fun. And then we're going to start making them bigger as we go. But the goal is just we're doing three, uh, pilot dinners as part of our inaugural series with three different chefs from 
different restaurants in New York. And then eventually we would love to spread it to the other two coasts. I was going to say San Francisco, LA moment. Yeah, we're planning on doing California, San Fran, Napa, LA vibes. And then I would really love to bring it to Chicago too uh, because that's the third coast. I also feel a digital series from this. For sure. Just from my own spaghetti on throwing it on the wall. Yes. I think you should... um, I think you should record a lot of it, see what happens. And we are. I knew, I mean, I have no doubt that you wouldn't be, but it's like, it's a very smart concept that has legs that I think all of us would like to watch streaming or go to in person. Yes. There's a community element to it, which I love. You're entirely right. It really has all of the pieces to create this fun little ecosystem of supporting the underdog. Because there's an element of, and that's kind of why we all like, or maybe not you because you're a real chef, but why I watch like Top Chef is like, you have these underdoggy rooting moments. There's a little bit of education. You get to see someone shine a little. Of course. There's time for noon. Again, an industry that needs shaking up. Yes. And I think, too, like I identify with a lot of the chefs that have competed on Top Chef. I mean, one of my friends, Kwame, he was on Top oh, Chef. He's just a dream. He won James Be- the James Beard Award for Rising Star Chef. He wrote an incredible book, uh, Notes from a Young Black Chef, that is being made into a whole – they're doing a whole – series movie moment on it and he's really just completely gotten this epic platform through starting on top chef and that's the goal is if through the lineup we can help the underdog help minorities get an opportunity to showcase what they do and give them a platform to really be 100% themselves and have people pay attention to me what that's what this is all about Elena, I can't wait to have you back. Preston! You're such a bright spot. I adore you. And you brought me freaking banana bread. You know, it's my pleasure. <laughs> it was really a treat, literally and figuratively. My fear is making is people going hungry, so I always <laughs> want to give everyone a little sweet Well, you know treat. me. If it's not nailed to the floor, I'll eat it. <laughs> I love it. So you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for Guys, you can me. find Elena on Instagram. Reminder at Elena, um, E-L-E-N-A-B-E-S-S-E-R. Yes, on Insta and YouTube. And Insta and YouTube. Okay, guys, um, if you have any questions for me or Elena, feel free to shoot them over on DM or morningpeoplewithpreston at gmail.com. And I will talk to you all soon. And in the meantime, stay stylish. Stay stylish. 